You're listening to Help, I'm a Freelancer. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about how to travel and freelance at the same time. Stay tuned. Hey, Hey, fellow freelancers. My name's Holly and I'm a freelance legal writer and I'm Charlotte, a freelance lifestyle writer. Freelance life can have its ups and downs. We're here to talk about the things that people never talk about when you're navigating life as your own boss. We feel your pain. We've been there, done that, and now we're talking about it in a podcast. Right, so before we get into today's episode, Holly's got a tip of the day for us. Yeah, so this tip of the day actually links in very nicely to our topic of the day. Right. Which is to remember, as a freelancer that you're exposed to cybersecurity risks. Now, it sounds a little bit dramatic, but it's something you've got to be aware of and something that I wasn't actually aware of until like a few months into freelancing. Yeah. But obviously, as freelancers, the main thing is that you can work from anywhere, could be anywhere in the world, or coffee shops, public spaces. As a traveller, you know, it could be airports. I was literally working in an airport just days ago. Wow. Uh, and train stations and on trains and anywhere with open public Wi-Fi. You've got to be super careful because people can hack into your information. I don't know the ins and outs of it, to be honest. All I know is that people can hack into your information. Yeah. And that you need, like, some sort of software, like a VPN that protects you from that. Um, Do you have any software? This is quite scary for me. I was working on the train the other day, actually, and I used their, I don't know, open whatever one, Mm. and I don't have a VPN. So someone could probably, I guess someone could steal my... I I do my accounts on there. I've got everything Mm. on there. So people could steal everything, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I met a girl at, like, a networking event, and she said she was in cybersecurity, like, Mm. the business. And she said to me that it's really important because you could literally be in a coffee shop and someone could be hacking into your computer and looking at your stuff. Oh. I don't really know how it's done, but all I know is that people can steal your information, like your passwords, and I have my accounts on there as well. So yeah. it's really easy for them to do it on a public network if you've not got like a protective shield, like yeah. a VPN. So do I, you use like a particular VPN? How, yeah, do you do? I use NordVPN. I, d- oh. I don't know if... I'm assuming that it that it protects you as well as lets, you, lets your computer think that you're in one location when you're in another one. Yeah. Um, I think it does. My understanding is that it goes through... It diverts oh. you, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. It's very yeah, yeah, low yeah. tech, but I think it... Yeah. I think it does, yeah. So I just know that I need to have it on there, so I've just got it on. Is that free computer. or paid for? No, it's paid for. It's like, basically, it's £10 a month, yeah. monthly, or if you buy it for the year, which I think I'm going to do, mm. it's like $4 a month or something. Oh, that's good. It's good because, obviously, it really protects you, so yeah, I'd recommend it, or just at least look into it, you look know. Look into getting a free VPN, look into any option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I will actually do that. (laughs) So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to travel and freelance at the same time. The reason why we decided to talk about this is because it is a dream of many people, I'm sure, to travel around the world, working from anywhere as a digital nomad. And both me and Charlotte have actually done this and we've worked for numerous months in different locations and we can confirm that it is a dream lifestyle. <laughs> can confirm, is a dream. Uh, working from the beach. I've never worked from the beach, but I've worked from a cafe that is next to the beach. Have you? Where I can see the beach, yeah. Which beach? Well, I say beach, it was port. <laughs> it was Lisbon. <laughs> but I was, I was sitting in a cafe and I could literally see the sea. 
Wow. And I was like, yeah, that is better than That's um, so cool. Sheffield slash Birmingham or wherever you want to be. Slash England. <laughs> but funnily enough, just from like a, you know, I'm a legal writer. I write about <laughs> literally visas around yeah. the world all the time. So just thought I'd get my little input. But I just know that there's so many countries, like more recently, Malaysia have introduced a remote working visa. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, which is a good one because Malaysia is located very ideally in Southeast Asia you can literally access Thailand Singapore very easily so you could go and stay in Malaysia and do a little yes little trips around Asia yeah yeah exactly like stay there long term and then go do little trips a bit like say if you were working in I don't know France you could access Spain Portugal very easily it's the same thing that's really cool yeah yeah so like so many countries around the world more and more are starting to introduce remote working or digital nomad visas which allows you to stay because as a tourist you can't really technically work in these places especially not for long periods of time Mm. you've got restrictions on that so the visas just let you stay for like say a year two years wow and they're fairly easy to get as well i've not tried obviously but i just know the requirements are quite low like you just need to be earning a certain amount of money and just prove that you can work from anywhere in the world and that you've got health insurance. But some cool ones are like Costa Rica's got one. You can stay there for two years. Wow. I think some like really nice countries. I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. I think I feel like Bahamas, maybe potentially. Loads of places in Europe. Yeah. yeah. And if you are looking to work somewhere long term for more than three months, then mm. you're going to want to get a visa anyway. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, for example, Portugal's got a remote working visa for a yes, year. Yes, that's great. Yeah, yeah, places like Estonia, Italy are introducing one, Spain are introducing one. <laughs> Croatia has got one. That's all fully fledged. Wow, okay, right, didn't um, know that. There's, there's a lot, like, yeah. basically all the countries are just following after each other yeah. because they realise that people can work from anywhere now, it's more and more of a thing, and they want to boost their local economies. And how can people, say I was someone wanting to look up I'm going to get to Italy for whatever. How do I look that up? How do I find out about the visa? Is it all on HMRC? Is it is it all there to access quite easily? No, it's not easy. Right. Uh, because you have to go on the individual government's website for uh, each So you go country. on the Italian one. And look, yeah, right. so if you'd want to look, if you want to go on the Italian one, it's not out yet, by the way, but okay. the, the, <laughs> the laws are going through. You'd have to go onto the government website and look for remote working visa Italy and then look at the requirements how accessible the information is depends on the country because um, like for example Spain is really cryptic about visas and really difficult to understand and stuff whereas England you've got all the information there for you and it's quite easy to know what you need for visas and whatnot so depending on the country Malaysia is another is a brilliant one it's so clear yeah yeah and you apply online and all the information's there and it's just so accessible okay that's Um, cool so it depends on the country but you can obviously get help and stuff like that from various companies. It was actually something that I was gonna plan on doing, you know, get a visa somewhere like Costa Rica or something. Oh, cool. Just because it's a cool location. I also know like both Brazil and Argentina actually have introduced visas as well for it. Just because it'd be just something interesting to do. Yeah. But then I'm kind of waiting for the Spain one to come out. Just love Spain. It's good to know, especially about the Malaysia one. I had no idea. And Malaysia's yeah. not one that had come to mind because I'd think, oh, mm. that'd be impenetrable be so difficult to go and work there. Hmm. Actually, well, no. I've, I've actually been to Malaysia. Have you? No. Okay. It's a really cool place. Actually, one of my favourite places. And it's really... You think of Malaysia and you're like, oh gosh, that's that must be so out there and like yeah. culturally different and yeah. whatnot. But no, it's a really nice place to be. It's very... Not westernised, but like 
you're not it's not culturally shocking yeah and it's not like unsafe it's like it's a really safe nice place to be so i think if you're looking to travel in asia yeah that's a brilliant base to have because it's a lovely country it's very cheap very very cheap (laughs) great food great people dead friendly dead safe that actually sounds like an ideal situation yeah and it's right in the middle from there yeah if it's in the middle right is way better than mine but yeah you can just (laughs) hop over to thailand yeah yeah you could literally get like a short flight i think i'll probably say about an hour i got a flight from malaysia to cambodia oh cool and that was about an hour maybe less right Um, and then you could probably get to hong kong for a few hours two three hours china same so yeah so just noting all these visas they are available but you do have to go and look on the sort of country's website, the government. Yeah, yeah. and obviously the requirements are dif- different for each one. That makes Depending sense. on the cost of living, you might yeah. need to be earning more money than other places. Yeah, and so it's worth looking into and deciding mm. where you want to go. Because that kind of is the red tape, the visa situation, and I'm glad that you're here to talk about it because you actually know about that kind of thing. <laughs> the visa situation is the first thing that you look at before you're deciding to stay somewhere long term. Definitely. Mm. Because, like, for example, I don't know if the rules have changed, but back when I was looking at the Portuguese one, you had to earn 600 euros a month to, okay, to that's get very the visa, which is low. so doable. Yeah, it's very doable, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. 600 euros a month would would pay for, like, bills yeah. and rent here. Like, yeah, not, exactly. not even. Yeah, but it's cheaper to stay there as well. It's cheaper cost to live in anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. I, I do think that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah. But then you also... I think one of the things I wanted to say is, we've touched upon it, is take a look at the best countries for freelancing because as the world mm. is changing, as there are more remote workers, there are more opportunities for people to go elsewhere. So governments are mm. making it easier. And not only them, companies. So where has co-working spaces? Where has a good community of freelancers? A friend mm. of mine told me that Athens, she's a writer, she was staying in Athens, like I think it was pre-pandemic. And she was saying it's a great hub for freelancers. Really? And I was like, really? Like, yeah, I was the same. I was like, <laughs> mm, I hadn't heard that. And she was like, yeah, because the cost of living in Greece is so low. Mm. The people have flocked there. And because of that, it's mm. meant that it's it's become a hub. Businesses wow. have responded. There are co-working spaces. There are like hostels. It, oh. it has, and th- this is a few years out of date, this information. But my friend Annika was telling me about it. And she was like, yeah, like, it's great. It's a great experience. Mm. Uh, when she was saying it, I thought, God, I never would have thought of Athens. No, 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 no. So you do have to do a little bit of research and see mm. where people are going. You have to be careful, though, as well. Yeah. Because the the main thing is the Wi-Fi thing. Because some mm. countries, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But maybe maybe Portugal's an example. Maybe you can tell me actually yeah. better because you've been there. But, mm. for example, I would have thought Brazil would have I don't know bad wi-fi accessibility yeah. yeah but I was literally there like you know this week and was able to pick up wi-fi very readily and it was just so available everywhere mm. as much as it is in like England Europe. even yeah. more so than even in England actually oh wow and it was so quick so fast and I was like wow this is crazy even in the airport it was super fast it was brilliant I think these are things we have like presumptions about different countries and yeah. you actually don't know until you're there I suppose you can do research and stuff but a lot of the time we presume like central South America it's going to be mm. it's, it's not going to have the same kind of technological advantage and that's yes. maybe a bit of a bad a negative view yeah. to have because it's not necessarily true yeah I think it's definitely worth just looking into it beforehand yeah. because obviously Things like Wi-Fi connection, signal, yeah. stuff like that yeah. are so important for freelancers that 
you need to make sure that the country you're going to isn't, you know, what's the word, like, back, gone back, back in time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It isn't just, like, completely inaccessible and whatnot. You have to look into the internet. And I think then, just on another note, when you're looking at your hotel, your hostel, your Airbnb, whatever it is... I don't know about you, we've touched on this before, but basically it's nice to have a quiet space in which to kind of study and work and do all of that. I haven't stayed in a hostel. I don't imagine there'd be a lot of space. Maybe there's a communal space. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm. I stayed in a higher department where I knew I was going to have a living space where I could do that. And I also found a co-working space. Mm. But you have to think of that in advance before you get there. You can't presume anything. True. I've stayed in many, many hostels in my time. Okay, so you're better versed <laughs> on this than I am, sure. However, I wasn't a freelancer at the time, but I can give some information. Right. Um, in a lot of hostels, there are spaces where you can do work and stuff like that. Oh, they that's are good. kind of, I guess, designed for that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in the rooms, obviously, you can't really do that, but you can also get private rooms in hostels, which are fine. But the other thing is with hostels is if you're sharing like a dorm room, for example, mm. you may maybe don't want to have your laptop there and stuff. No. Often there's you, a security issue there. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have my own apartment and just have yeah. all my things and not have to worry. But in hostels, you do tend to get your own lockers. Okay. Where you put in your valuables, so you don't worry about your passport and all that when you're out and about. I suppose you could use that for your laptop at a push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you could do, yeah. But, you know, if you don't want to keep putting your laptop away in, in a locker every day, every time no, you, you no. go out and, you know, enjoy yourself, then it's probably better to book, like, an Airbnb or, or something like that. Yeah, no, that does make sense. But in saying that, actually, I booked an Airbnb when I went to Spain for two months yeah. this summer, and the place that I booked... On the pictures it showed there was a desk and a chair, obviously. But when I actually got there, the chair was, like, too short for the desk, so it really hurt my back. Oh, God. Yeah, so I yeah. had to work on the sofa with the laptop on my knee on a pillow. That's so irritating as well. Yeah, like, yeah I don't which enjoy I, that. I don't like that mm. at all. Because it, like, it's not good for your back and stuff. No. And it, it wasn't very comfortable. I had to work for, like, short periods of time and then go away. Yeah. So that wasn't great. So... I think maybe check out the reviews. A lot of the times, because I'm just thinking when I got the place in Portugal, you see the images and you can't actually visualise how that looks or like no. if the furniture's good quality and, and stuff like that. For example, one of the things that I didn't notice, this is terrible, it was a, it was a ground floor flat, um, was that the bedroom actually had no windows. Oh gosh. Now I don't expect a bedroom to have no windows, so I didn't even think about it. Yeah. So I just looked at it and was like, oh, twin beds, wardrobe, cool. Like, that was it. Yeah. Didn't think any further of it until I got there and I was like, oh my god, there are no windows. <laughs> yeah. And that's such a, because you wouldn't think about it. The desk mm. and that wasn't very good um, quality either. Oh dear. But one of the things I actually, I went to a co-working space when I was there. I was mm. just sleeping in that apartment and I went to a co-working space that was a 10 minute walk away. Oh, nice. Which again, it's prior planning. <laughs> I found the apartment based on where the co-working space was. Mm. So before I even got there, I looked up co-working spaces that were good in the area, found one that I thought, oh, this looks nice, a reasonable price, and then I used that as my guide to choose an apartment. Oh. So... So whereabouts were you based then? I was really near the port, and I'd looked up a co-working space near there, so I was ready, and I knew exactly what I was doing before I got there. I actually mm. think I did reach out to them. I think I emailed them. Or maybe I just turned up. I can't remember, but the point is I knew that they spoke English. I knew that it wasn't mm. just for Portuguese people. It was for international. There was loads of Americans there. And it is just having that little bit of prior planning so that you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. So what made you kind of... Because obviously you were freelancing for a while. Yeah. 
what made you decide to go to another country and travel and freelance at the same time? I think I'd always kind of thought about freelancing and traveling at the same time. Mm. But, you know, I had a relationship here. I'd been living with my boyfriend for many years, many, many years. And (laughs) then I I think I just wanted a bit of a change of scenery. Mm. Uh, I chose Portugal on a whim. And I don't really know why. I was just like, oh, that's near. A friend had been on holiday there. The pictures looked cool. (laughs) I was was like, that'll be a nice place to visit. But I just think I wanted to see how that felt to be somewhere else. Hmm. And actually, it was a condensed period. So you can't judge a lot by that. But I think my sort of well-being and levels of happiness were higher while I was there. Oh, really? Because I was more engaged with what was around me. It was novelty, Mm. though. Like, if I'd have stayed there a year, it wouldn't have happened. But I was yes. I was excited to get my work done, mm. to be like, okay, at three o'clock, I was, I was doing more of your schedule, finishing earlier, <laughs> I'm going to go and meet someone, or I'm going to go and look around, or, you know, do something fun. Yeah, because you're so, only yeah. there for a limited time, so you need yeah. to, like, really maximise it and make the yeah. most of it. And it does make you feel different about, kind of, your work schedule. Your work is a means to an end. You're kind mm. of doing your work to facilitate the fact that you're in Portugal or in Spain yes. or Costa Rica, wherever you go, and then you're going to go out and explore. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a really nice balance. But one of the things I did want to mention when you do go abroad, and I think it's something that people don't really talk about, is just the loneliness. If you're going on your own, which we obviously would be, yeah. if you're going on your own and you're freelancing on your own, there is a sense of loneliness when you first get there if you don't know anyone. Mm, I you don't think. know the place, you're not familiar yeah. with it, especially yeah. in I wasn't. Language. I didn't know, I don't know Portuguese. Yeah. It's, I made the mistake of thinking it's going to be similar to Spanish, so I'll understand things, it's not. It's definitely not. It's not. <laughs> like, it's it, it looks different, written, but yeah. um, as soon as someone speaks, it sounds very hard, it's like yes. quite difficult to understand. It is actually. So I didn't know anyone, and the first week I was there maybe I remember calling my dad crying and I was like really? yeah, I know I was feeling rubbish because I no it wasn't even the first week it was like the first few days were the hardest bit yeah because the first few days I hadn't naturally met anyone and I'm quite a chatty person but I hadn't just like run mm. into anyone like they're doing films I'd just you know <laughs> literally been on my own yeah. I went to the co-working space and everyone in there was on something called remote year. Oh, yes. Which I think you've heard of. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. So remote year is when you travel as a group for many months. So they'd already been traveling for six months together. It was a bunch of Americans. They'd already been traveling for six months together through Europe and they knew each other really well. Mm. So imagine going into an office where 30 people there know each other. And then there's me and maybe one other person. So I felt completely isolated. I, like, they all were chatting like they were best friends. Mm, and I didn't know them. And I felt... Like, they, they talked to me, but it was a bit... A bit yeah. like, oh, the new girl kind of situation. So I, yes. didn't, I didn't love that. So I felt really rubbish. Uh, I called my dad, had a big cry. <laughs> I was like, why have I done this? I don't know why I've done this. Like, no one made me. <laughs> why have I come here? And then I had a, a terrible night. And then, like, the next day I was like, right, I'm not doing this. This is this is silly. I was like, I'm going to go back into the co-working space and I'm Mm. going to speak to someone and it's going to be all right. Like your proper pet talks myself up. And then I did go in and it sounds miraculous, but I spoke to a girl called Danielle. She invited me to go to the dinner with her that night. Mm. And I did go with her. She wasn't part of the remote year thing. (laughs) That did help. We went for curry that night. And after that, it was just making one friend. We didn't hang out all the time, but I knew that I knew someone there. And as soon as I knew someone there, I felt confident to kind of branch out and meet other people. Yeah. It is that initial thing. You think you're not going to meet anyone. 
Yeah, I think that's it. After speaking to you about yeah. your experience in Lisbon, mm. it really spurred me on to go and do something on my own. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I was planning it from the very beginning. I really, really wanted to do it. I thought as soon as I go freelance, I need to be in a different country because... Yeah, why not? The, yeah, what's the point in me being here? Yeah, exactly. So that's when I was like oh yeah, I want to go to Spain. And then you were like, go to Madrid. <laughs> Madrid's the best. I'm a big fan of Madrid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'll do it. So I don't know why I actually did that because... Because <laughs> um, I pushed you into yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think you did. Because there are other places that I prefer. Like I don't necessarily like going to capital cities because yeah, I, get you. I prefer, you know, less busy places, maybe like Valencia or yeah. Barcelona or something. So I don't actually know why I went to Madrid, mm. but you were like, go to Madrid. It's because I was an au pair in Madrid. So I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Madrid's yeah. great, go there. It was really, really cool. And because of your experience, because you told me about being lonely and stuff like yeah. that. And I, I really didn't want that to happen. I wanted to absolutely maximise my time there and yeah. make sure that I wasn't feeling sad or not have things to do or not making the most of seeing things and being with people and stuff yeah so what I decided to do was literally get onto Bumble FF mm. which we've talked where about we in a, yeah, <laughs> yeah where we met and what we've talked about in another podcast so I got onto that because I was like I just want to make friends I want to go and do stuff with other people and do as much as possible so I ended up meeting loads and loads of people, like friends, obviously. You had and the distinct advantage of speaking Spanish, though, as well. Oh, yeah. I think that does true. make a massive difference that's in the situation. Point. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. But you did meet a lot of people through that. Through yeah, yeah, loads, yeah. And actually, to be fair, if I couldn't speak Spanish, I would have struggled only because when we met up with people in groups, we were all speaking yeah. Spanish together. Yeah, yeah. So I would have felt a bit left out and probably more isolated mm. if I didn't know any Spanish or couldn't keep up with it or whatever. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And I also met a girl on there who I met up with who couldn't speak English. Oh, wow. So it really, okay. really helped yeah. my Spanish, which is one of the main reasons why I also decided to go to Spain specifically. Yeah. If you've already got the... I, I do think that's a point anyway. If you speak German or you speak French, go to Germany or France. Yeah. Like, not that you have to, but you might as well. You might as well build upon your language. And it is... Yeah. It's useful to have at least a baseline understanding. I know that might be harder if you're going to Malaysia or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. having a baseline understanding of the language, even just how to say hi and thanks and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's yeah. useful, isn't it? Very, very useful. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So I did that and, like, crammed in my days full of activities yeah. and meeting people mm-hmm. and it ended up being really really good yeah just because of that but what I'm saying is you really do need to prepare yourself yeah. for the experience like if your if your goal is to go and make the most of seeing things and meeting new people yeah then you you need to actually plan that before you get there because it's not going to miraculously it happen. happen by itself it doesn't and I think if you're not an outgoing person if you're not willing to get on the Facebook groups and the apps and and go to a co-working space and talk to strangers. If you're not willing to do that, if you're quite introverted, you will struggle. Yeah. I struggled a lot with the just the time alone, I think, because mm. although, yeah, I was meeting people. I met Danielle, I met someone through a Facebook group. I was going out. I had friends. I was, even one of the girls, I was, like, staying at her house sometimes. Like, it was quite nice. But at the same time, I was used to living with a partner and then... What I found hard was coming back at like six and if I didn't have a plan, just like having dinner on my own or something. I wasn't used to that, but maybe Mm. that's a privilege of being in a relationship for my whole adult life. (laughs) I'm not sure, but it was weird for me. And I think it was good for me. 
I do think you grow by mm, spending time alone, by actually being willing to spend time alone. Yeah, Because I, I never did before that, really. Oh. Not vast amounts of time, anyway. Travelling and freelancing at the same time is, is a great way to spend extended periods of time. Yeah. Like, being on your own or being in a different environment, mm. being in di- a different, like, situation and meeting different people because you do... You do grow and whatnot, and it's... You have to get very comfortable with your own thoughts <laughs> yeah. and your own company, which is things I wasn't comfortable with. I wasn't... I didn't like doing that, but then you actually have a lot of time to think, and you have a lot of time to consider what you want. I'm not mm. saying it's like an eat, pray, love situation for everyone. It doesn't have to be, but it, it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's good for you as a person to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And I think just another point just to mention, which is yeah. like a side note, is that, yeah. you know, at the moment with the whole like cost of living God. going up and increasing, it might be a smart move to actually go and live yeah. in another country that has a way lower cost of living than yours yeah. just for like the next year or something if you can, you know, work remotely yeah. as a freelancer. It's like a smart move, isn't it? If you don't own a property or even if you do, like mm, you could rent it out. that's something that you can do. And I do think, because I heard someone on Radio 4, it was a couple sort of our age, they were planning on buying a house this year. That mm. was their original goal. And they were speaking to the house and they, they actually said, no, we're going to go travelling instead. Oh, wow. Because there's no point, I mean, this touches on another subject, but right now it doesn't seem, there doesn't seem to be much point in them buying a house yeah, until yeah. things settle down just a little bit. So yeah, mm. take going somewhere where it is a cheaper cost of living might not be a terrible idea. And yeah. I think also, just an, another thing as well, is that since the pandemic and everything, when we weren't yeah. allowed to travel, yeah, now it's like wow, we need to really make the most of our opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are someone who works remotely and kind of wants to travel or yeah. has the idea of doing it, then what we say is go yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah, do it. Because I I think the pandemic changed a lot of our mindsets for the better because you do not know, sounds dramatic, but you do not know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know. I could never have envisioned in 2019 that there'd be a future where I wasn't allowed to leave my house. Like that sounded so dystopian and insane, but it happened. Yeah. And I think that puts in your head like, we don't know with Brexit, with the war, with everything. This sounds very... Mm. (laughs) But you do not know how how free you're going to be to move around, how free we are going to be to travel. So if you've got an idea that you want to go to Costa Rica for a year, go now. (laughs) Go and do it. Because there's a visa. Um, (laughs) But no, go now. Go and do it before something changes. It's not. I'm not saying it's going to change. I don't have a crystal ball. But the point is, is that you should take that opportunity. 100%. You've been listening to Help, I'm a Freelancer. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.